The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Primal Body, Primal Mind. Your host, Nora Gedgaudis, is here to take you on a fun-filled and informational journey through the mind and your body with a focus on neurofeedback and healthy nutrition and what it can do for you, your family, and friends. Now, here's your host, Nora Gedgaudis. Well, hello and welcome to Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio. So today we'll be foregoing the usual guest lineup and we'll be talking about a subject that's very near and dear to my heart, which is namely depression. Um, I say near and dear to my heart because I personally struggled with depression for roughly 35 years until about 12 years ago when I made a life-changing discovery, but we'll get to that. Uh, in this first half hour, we're going to discuss several facets of depression and how your diet and supplementation can impact it. And in the second half of the show, we're going to explore the role of neurofeedback in depression, and we'll talk to a woman named Barbara who was greatly helped by this approach. Cool beans. Uh, I'd like to also welcome listeners to call in the show today if they'd like, uh, as phone lines are open. The number here is 866-472-5792. And uh, I need to preface things here by offering the standard disclaimer and saying that the following information is not meant to diagnose, prescribe, or treat any existing condition for anybody. Uh, for medical help, please be sure to consult with your trusted and qualified health care provider. So this being said, let's get going. So depression. Uh, this is a very big deal. Um, major depression alone is expected to be the second leading cause of disability by the year 2020 worldwide, second only to ischemic heart disease. And that's pretty problematic, to put it mildly. Uh, in just the United States, the lifetime risk for major depression is nearly a quarter of the population. I talk to people almost every day who struggle with symptoms uh, with, uh, of depression and around depression, who many who have seemingly tried everything and pretty much gotten nowhere. Uh, medication seems to be a double-edged sword for a lot of people, and I know that for uh, a couple of years, uh, way back when, when I, during the many years that I suffered depression, that uh, I actually went the medication route for, for a period of time and uh, longer than I think I actually uh, probably should have, but uh, I was trying pretty much everything that they had available in that regard at the time, which was around uh, tricyclics and uh, SSRI, you know, serotonin selective reuptake inhibitors that were available at that time. Um, and I'm not so sure that the medications helped me feel less depressed so much as they helped me care about the depression less. Uh, I wasn't having the low lows that uh, that had been bothering me, but I wasn't having the high highs either. And um, I don't, you know, I was one of the lucky people that gained weight on Prozac and and then some of these others. And I found that there was a flatness in some ways to the way I experienced 
myself and the way I experienced life that was not, um, it didn't feel normal to me. Uh, it wasn't what I wanted. I was trying to take these meds to try to feel normal, and, you know, uh, and I didn't feel normal. And I also had concerns about what the long-term ramifications were for my liver and other things, and I ended up uh, getting away from meds altogether. And we'll talk more about what I ended up doing, but uh, but I, I hear many similar stories from other people on uh, on medications. You know, it's interesting because uh, medications like uh, Zoloft and Prozac and Paxil, they don't really actually make serotonin. A lot of people seem to think they, they increase your serotonin and they don't really uh, make a single molecule of serotonin. What they actually do is they will artificially increase the amount of serotonin that is available at your synaptic sites in your brain and um, they'll, super, they'll artificially concentrate it there so that your brain has the perception of there being more serotonin. The problem with that is that over time, um, that artificial concentration, that artificial manipulation of your biochemistry can end up uh, sending a message that there's too much serotonin there all the time and you can have receptors start to break down. And ultimately, when you try to get off the medication, now not only do you not have any more serotonin than you did to begin with, but you actually have fewer uh, receptors to deal with the little bit of serotonin that you already have. And people will end up with some really nasty side effects sometimes uh, or withdrawal symptoms, if you will, as they attempt to get off these medications. It can be very tricky. But, uh, but you know, biochemistry certainly does you know, we know, play a role in depression. And, uh, but what is depression really? Uh, I think especially among those that have never really experienced the problem, there's a lot of misconception about it. Um, I think there are those that view depression as sort of a lazy person's problem. They'll see the depressed person as somebody with an attitude problem or somebody who just needs to pick themselves up by their own bootstraps and start exercising or get out there and try to have fun, stop moping. Well, you know, I think that it's important to look upon um, depression as, as this. I, I think what's more accurate to say about depression is that it's a state of chronic efforting. You have a person that is basically spinning their wheels in the newly fallen snow. Um, they've got their pedal to the metal, the wheels are spinning, and they're not getting anywhere. And they're trying and trying and trying to... Uh, to get out of the funk that they're in, and it takes all the energy that they have just simply to get through a day. Um, eventually what happens is people just sort of run out of gas and give up, and uh, while everybody else is beating them over, they had to get up and get moving. And so uh, more so than uh, anything else, I think, nowadays, I have come to look upon depression as more of a state of anxiety to exhaustion than anything. And, uh, and I find that it, it's almost the flip side of the anxiety coin. And uh, we'll talk more about that as we go on. And, and uh, we'll be, of course, talking about anxiety-related issues next week, which is an entire epidemic. But, um, but there are so many, uh, you know, things to consider. You know, what are... You know, what are things that you might want to consider when you're dealing 
you know, with depression. Is it always a serotonin deficiency? Well, with depression, you know, we could certainly be looking at some of the influences of, of diet in general. There, there's junk food and additives, and um, uh, there's certainly some issues associated with things like veganism and uh, vegetarianism that we, you know, we'll talk about a little bit, but, you know, caffeine use, alcohol, etc. But when it comes to depression, other factors that are really potentially powerful influences in all of this um, are blood sugar issues, for sure, adrenal health, uh, thyroid issues can factor into this, anemia, you know, iron or B12 related, uh, deficiencies like the deficiencies of amino acids, B vitamins, zinc, magnesium, iodine, etc. Uh, food sensitivities, believe it or not, can factor into this without people even knowing it. Then there's seasonal affective disorder, uh, which can impact people from the standpoint of not getting enough sunlight um, and, uh, and, or vitamin D. Uh, digestion issues can factor into depression, hydrochloric acid insufficiencies, you know, biliary stasis, pancreatic insufficiency, uh, something called dysbiosis, which is, you know, having messed up bacteria in your gut and parasites, uh, sleep disorders. Uh, if you're not sleeping well, you know, it's a good bet that you might end up feeling depressed during the day. And, of course, there are all the life circumstances and, and history of trauma that can factor into all of this. Um, so, and, you know, so many people make so much of genetics in this equation. I think that genes are something that, you know, we all have tons of genes for all kinds of things, and, and uh, you know, they're either going to express themselves or they're not going to express themselves, but whether or not a gene expresses itself is so much dependent upon the environment that that gene inhabits and whether that environment is favorable or not to that gene's expression. I think for myself, there was probably an inherent predisposition in my in essential makeup that, that it, where when I got, was stressed by some, by some things that were happening in my life um, early on, it made sense for my particular nervous system to go there where another person might, you know, end up becoming bipolar or just go start having panic attacks or migraines um, or chemical dependency issues. Um, you know, we're only as strong as our weakest link, and um, we, you know, stress and trauma will shove us off whatever cliff we happen to be standing next to. So the cliff I stood next to for a good part of my life uh, was the de you know, depression. But I think... You know, uh, you know, how do you know which one of these issues is actually at the bottom of your own problems with depression? Well, I mean, unless you have an expanded functional blood chemistry analysis in front of you, which is something, um, something I do actually a lot of here out of my office, but something very few people do and very few people have those things available or know how to interpret them, then how do you get to the bottom of it? Well... The first place and the logical place to start is foundations. Uh, almost everybody walking loose in our culture today needs to take a look at what I think of as the most, uh, as the number one foundational issue, which is blood sugar issues. Uh, this underlies so many things that can influence depression, it just isn't even funny. Things like hypoglycemia and adrenal function, 
many thyroid issues, B vitamin deficiencies, digestive problems, sleep disorders, and so much more can be traced to issues, believe it or not, with blood sugar, even serotonin deficiency. Uh, carbs can temporarily increase serotonin levels, but they don't really give your body and brain raw materials they need to make more, so you get depleted. Well, we're going to take a break here, uh, and when we get back, I'll talk a little bit about um, a couple of examples of, uh, of some individuals that, uh, that I've worked with who had uh, depression that came from some, a couple of different places, and uh, hopefully it will be very enlightening for you. So uh, please stay tuned for more here at Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio. My name is Nora Gagoudis. See you in a minute. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. NBC science consultant Dr. Mark Steinberg says every so often you encounter a gem among the dross competing for your attention. Such is the case with Primal Body, Primal Mind, written by Nora Gedgaudis. Primal Body, Primal Mind is a non-fictional excursion into the realm of biology, politics, and self-care that you will never get from formal academic education. It's a nutritional treasure map leading to optimal wellness the way nature intended, a jewel. Tom Hartman, acclaimed author, scholar, and national radio host, says, If you want to really know how your body and brain work, read this book. Go beyond the low-carb and paleo diet to discover the ultimate key to health, a better brain, weight loss, better mood, and a longer life. Primal Body, Primal Mind will show you how you can save more money eating incredibly well than you ever believed possible. You can order the life-changing book, Primal Body, Primal Mind, today. And sign up for Nora Gedgaudis' weekly blog update at www.primalbody-primalmind.com. Want to learn more about neurofeedback? Want to find a trained clinician for yourself or for a loved one? Or maybe you are a professional looking to offer this powerful, non-invasive technique to improve results for your toughest clients. At EEG Info, we are the leading provider of neurofeedback resources, videos, and training for the next generation of neurofeedback professionals. If you want to improve symptoms of emotional and behavioral dysfunction, this non-invasive approach is the answer you've been looking for. Neurofeedback is successful in helping people of all ages achieve a feeling of greater health and well-being. Visit us at eeginfo.com today to learn more about neurofeedback or to find a local clinician who can help you or someone you love. Unlock the full potential of your brain today. Visit eeginfo.com. Are you looking for a new perspective in today's challenging economic and personal times? Join the journey to your personal best on the Sky's the Limit radio program. Featuring your hosts, Karen Lovett, Jackie Lawney, and John McDermott. The engaging discussion will center on concrete ideas and actions to help improve your personal wealth, love, appreciation, power, choice, relationships, and more. Karen, Jackie, and John will guide you to your true power of choice on The Sky's the Limit, Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, on 7th Wave Network. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're tuned in to Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio with host Nora Gedgaudis. Got a question for Nora about today's show? The phone lines are open now at 1-866-472-5792. Toll free, 1-866-472-5792. Now back to our show. Here's Nora. 
Well, welcome back. So today we're discussing depression, and in this first half hour we're discussing what kinds of things can factor into depressive symptoms and how diet and health, or diet and nutrition rather, can, can impact that. So I want to talk about a couple of, uh, a couple of individuals that I, that I worked with just to give you some idea of, of how depression can sort of manifest differently in, in different people. Um, this one particular uh, case was a 44-year-old female that I was working with who had symptoms of really intractable depression. And, you know, and nobody ever just has one thing. We're talking about depression here, but it's never just that. There's always other stuff uh, that people walk in with. Usually anxiety is a concomitant uh, symptom. And they'll also have issues like stress intolerance and mood swings or sleep issues. Um, yeah, and I'm listing the ones that this person had, uh, irritability problems, fatigue problems, weight gain issues. And this particular woman had a family history of mood disorders and thyroid uh, problems. And so she knew there was something really wrong, uh, wasn't feeling well at all. And so she had good insurance, went to her doctor and had a blood work, uh, some blood work done and a physical. And she was told by the doctor that, oh, you know, everything's normal. Just, uh, you know, your, your, your blood panel looks fine, your you know, thyroid looks fine, it's all good. Uh, just uh, try to lose some weight and learn to relax. And after she got done scratching his eyes out, um, somebody urged her to call me. And uh, so she gave me a call long distance at the urging of some family member for a nutritional consultation, hoping to possibly determine what the underlying issues might be. And I do something called a functional uh, blood chemistry uh, analysis, which is very different from what your doctor does. You know that when you get a blood chemistry done at the doctor, that you have whatever values that came out of your particular blood panel, and then that is sort of compared to something called a lab range or a reference range. What, what a lot of people don't realize is that these lab ranges and blood chemistries aren't really based on anything scientific. Uh, they are, in fact, not even particularly standardized for anything except for the lipid panels, which are more or less arbitrarily standardized so that everybody can get on the Lipitor. But, um, but what they actually represent, and, and in fact, lab ranges will vary from lab to lab and area of the country to area of the country. And what they actually represent are two ends of a bell curve of everybody that went into that particular lab system for blood work. Well, we all know that when you're standing in line waiting to have your blood drawn, that you're standing behind people standing there with oxygen tanks and, you know, looking like they're on their last leg. They're in the care of some physician. They're getting tested for their, you know, their cancer treatment or whatever. So that's who you're getting compared to. You're not really being compared to normal and healthy. You're being compared to everybody else who's coming in who's sick. And, of course, as these ranges get broader and broader, they become less and less meaningful to, to a major segment of the population. So, um, but, you know, the American Association of Clinical Chemists, American Endocrine Society, these organizations agree that this is kind of a problem. And they have established some what you can call functional ranges that are instead based on a cross-section of individuals that are, have basically been deemed to be normal and healthy. In other words, they're above ground, uh, not experiencing any untoward symptoms, not on any medications. They may not represent what's optimally healthy, but they represent more so what is closer, at least, the darn sight closer to, to uh, normal and healthy. 
And that's, those are the ranges that I like to work with so that I can look at somebody's blood chemistry and not diagnose disease or pathology, but actually just see where it is that they're deviating from normal and healthy. And that can really help us figure out what it is we may need to prioritize and, and, uh, and how we might want to approach some of the things that, uh, you know, that a person is maybe complaining about. And uh, it's not really about diagnosis. It's more about indicators and, and probabilities with this sort of thing. So when I looked at her, well, based on this, this particular person's complaints, what she was telling me about, I had a strong suspicion, so I ordered something called a TPO antibody test. And then uh, when her blood chemistry came back, well, according to the lab range, her thyroid was fine, but according to the functional range, it was so not fine. Um, it was under-functioning from a functional perspective. It was deviating from normal and healthy. And she had also tested positive for TPO antibodies, which basically translates to meaning that she had an autoimmune thyroid disorder that probably would have taken 10 or 15 years for her you know, conventional uh, physician to find. Um, and and uh, it explained a few things, but it wasn't the whole picture. It turned out also that, uh, according to the CBC that was on this panel, that she had been suffering probably for years an extremely severe and chronic uh, viral infection. And that was something that her doctor hadn't screened for, so he didn't see it. But it was clear that it was pretty severe, and it was obvious that 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 was something that was going to, you know, have to be addressed before we addressed anything else because the thyroid had to go on a back burner. That wasn't even the most interesting thing. Um, and so uh, there was that. And also um, there was some indication that she might have uh, too much estrogen. There wasn't a direct marker, but there was something that implied that. turned out she was on the pill for, uh, for PMS issues. And so uh, anyway... Um, Anyway, um, so, excuse me a second here. Uh, anyway, so we, we had a really good idea of what it was that we, what we needed to prioritize. And, uh, you know, she also had a tremendous amount of personal stress. And so, uh, ultimately, what we did was we started with trying to help her, uh, you know, support her immune system, uh, helped her with a few uh, things that uh, there are, uh, conventional medicine has nothing really to support uh, viral problems with, but uh, there are a lot of natural things in terms of diet and in terms of herbs and things that can help support the immune system in a viral infection, so we did that. Uh, the other thing you know, that was a problem for her. There were some indications in her blood work that she may be having digestive problems. And, of course, if you're not digesting well, it's going to be awfully hard to make use of the uh, proteins that become amino acids, that become neurotransmitters. It's hard to absorb minerals. And so uh, we started to address some of her digestive, digestive problems. Um, and it was clear, too, that she had a lot of blood sugar issues and her adrenals were extremely stressed. I wonder why. So, you know, you can see where all of these different sorts of things can factor in. Um, there's another uh, young woman that I uh, worked with who uh, had uh, issues with, uh, you know, reactive hypoglycemia and, you know, came in with really uh, very uh, severe 
depression and also anxiety and uh, a number of sleep problems and a number of other things. Again, just the whole list of, of, of problems. And uh, it turned out she was very reactive hypoglycemic and, um, and also uh, anemic. And I, I'm here to tell you that if you're anemic, it's going to be hard for anything to feel or work right. These are really, really good things to, um, to get out of the way uh, or to, to try to address. So anyway, um, so with anemia, the biggest problem for a lot of people uh, is actually digestion and whether or not they're producing enough hydrochloric acid. Uh, and so, you know, I worked with this woman to try to get her hydrochloric acid levels up, and uh, she did a little bit of, of um, iron supplementation because the iron anemia was bad enough. But a lot of times you don't even need to take iron. It's just a matter of improving your digestive issues to get the iron levels back up again. So, you know, what's my checklist when somebody comes in to me uh, with issues surrounding depression? Well, the first thing we end up talking about is blood sugar. What's actually going on with that? And also other aspects of diet, you know, are they trying to eat low fat, which I'm here to tell you is a big no-no. Are they trying to be vegetarian or vegan? There are lots of inherent problems here. Uh, what do they do to self-medicate? Are they eating a lot of sugar to try to make themselves feel better, the caffeine, alcohol? Um, are they on medications, uh, and are those medications working for them or not? All that tells me a lot about what, you know, kind of makeup. Uh, they have. Uh, do they uh, uh, do they have cravings at all? Are there certain foods that they just can't live without? Food sensitivities can factor in here. Oftentimes, if there's something a particular food that you think that you can't live without, there's reason to be suspicious that that food may be a source of sensitivities for you. Seems a little paradoxical, but oftentimes the very foods that we crave the most are the foods that may be causing us the most problems, and it's, it can be really important to look at that. Uh, food sensitivities can totally mess with your adrenals and with your blood sugar, too, so it's really important to rule that out. And I'll look at maybe whether a person has symptoms or not uh, of a thyroid disorder. You know, uh, hypothyroid symptoms can be anything from, you know, being tired or sluggish or feeling cold with your hands or feet uh, or all over, people who require excessive amounts of sleep to function properly. Uh, they might gain weight overly easily or have really trouble, uh, a lot of trouble losing weight. Um, they can be constipated or have headaches uh, in the morning. Uh, they may be losing hair, uh, feeling mentally sluggish. So those are certain aspects of, of uh, thyroid disorders. There's also thyroid hyperfunction. If your thyroid is overfunctioning, you know, some people, they get heart palpitations or they feel like they're trembling inside or they can have just a really fast uh, pulse or they get night sweats or feel just nervousness all the time and emotional. Uh, and it's possible to have both sets of symptoms, which is oftentimes symptomatic of, a, uh, of an autoimmune uh, condition. But, uh, you know, if you're anemic, that's something. You know, so many people fail to make the connection between what's happening with their physical health and also what's happening with uh, their emotional health. And, again, the whole mind-body connection is a complete myth. And uh, 
We're going to talk a little bit more about this in our next half hour uh, when we'll be talking a little bit more about depression and the brain and how neurofeedback factors into this whole equation. So please stay tuned. There's a lot more to come on Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. NBC science consultant Dr. Mark Steinberg says every so often you encounter a gem among the dross competing for your attention. Such is the case with Primal Body, Primal Mind, written by Nora Gedgaudis. Primal Body, Primal Mind is a non-fictional excursion into the realm of biology, politics, and self-care that you will never get from formal academic education. It's a nutritional treasure map leading to optimal wellness the way nature intended. A jewel. Tom Hartman, acclaimed author, scholar, and national radio host, says, If you want to really know how your body and brain work, read this book. Go beyond the low-carb and paleo diet to discover the ultimate key to health, a better brain, weight loss, better mood, and a longer life. Primal Body, Primal Mind will show you how you can save more money eating incredibly well than you ever believed possible. You can order the life-changing book, Primal Body, Primal Mind, today. And sign up for Nora Gedgaudis' weekly blog update at www.primalbody-primalmind.com. Want to learn more about neurofeedback? Want to find a trained clinician for yourself or for a loved one? Or maybe you are a professional looking to offer this powerful, non-invasive technique to improve results for your toughest clients. At EEG Info, we are the leading provider of neurofeedback resources, videos, and training for the next generation of neurofeedback professionals. If you want to improve symptoms of emotional and behavioral dysfunction, this non-invasive approach is the answer you've been looking for. Neurofeedback is successful in helping people of all ages achieve a feeling of greater health and well-being. Visit us at eeginfo.com today to learn more about neurofeedback or to find a local clinician who can help you or someone you love. Unlock the full potential of your brain today. Visit eeginfo.com. The Interstate Sportsman Talk radio show brings two well-known outdoorsmen to the Voice American Network with hunting and fishing info news, talking about everything from new sporting gear, places to hunt and fish, and getting more from your recreation time. Join hosts Brock Ray and Don Kirk Friday mornings at 6 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 Eastern, for the Interstate Sportsman on the Voice America channel. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're tuned in to Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio with host Nora Gedgaudis. Got a question for Nora about today's show? The phone lines are open now at 1-866-472-5792. Toll free, 1-866-472-5792. Now back to our show. Here's Nora. Well, welcome back to Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio. And this hour we're talking about an issue that's affecting a huge uh, segment of the population worldwide and in the United States, and that's depression. And uh, we've been talking about the nutritional approach to depression. And one last thing I just wanted to touch upon before moving on to uh, the impact of neurofeedback on depression is what are some of the nutrients and things that you might want to consider supplementing with if you happen to be depressed. And uh, I just sort of listed a few of the really common 
deficiencies and things that people have found helpful in supporting uh, themselves uh, in the way they feel when they're dealing with the depression. Depression is an issue, and you know, omega threes are one of the most uh, important uh, important nutrients. There, dietary fat in general is just incredibly important for the stability and optimal functioning of the brain. If you're on a low-fat diet, this could be part of the problem. But uh, omega-3 fatty acids, especially from fish oil and krill oil um, and, uh, you know, wild-caught fish and grass-fed, entirely grass-fed meat is, is, uh, are all wonderful sources of this really important essential fatty acid. There's another one called gamma-linolenic acid. It's oftentimes abbreviated as GLA, and it's found in things like evening primrose oil and blackcurrant seed oil. And that's another one that oftentimes people with depression happen to be missing uh, from their diet. And so sometimes supplementing with these things can help a little bit uh, to support, support those problems. Um, cod liver oil and vitamin D, another thing very, very important. Uh, vitamin D, low vitamin D levels, in fact, have been, uh, have been closely correlated with seasonal affective disorder, which makes sense because that is so strongly uh, so strongly relates to sunlight. And, of course, we get a lot of vitamin D from sunlight, or at least we're supposed to. It doesn't always work out that way, but that's, that's a whole other topic. The mineral zinc, really, really important uh, in, you know, in not just the functioning of the, of the immune system, but also depression and cognitive functioning and about three or 400 other uh, enzyme systems in the body. And zinc deficiencies are really common. Stress will up to triple our rate of zinc excretion. And... Um, and so getting enough zinc is really, really important. And uh, animal source foods are really important. Sardines are a great source of zinc. Richest natural source of zinc are oysters, believe it or not. Uh, so those are really good. Uh, pumpkin seeds aren't the best. I know people say pumpkin seeds are a great source of zinc, but there are other things in pumpkin seeds that make the zinc there really hard to, to absorb. Magnesium, really, really common deficiency. People with blood sugar problems have issues with magnesium all the time. Uh, B-complex, really important depression. So many of us live such stressful lives, and B vitamins are something that we're oftentimes uh, uh, just blowing through and not getting enough of in our diets. So I personally supplement with a B complex every day, and I recommend that most people do that just because of the world that we live in. Probably something our ancestors didn't have to do, but I think uh, we have some different challenges today than they did. And some people also get really good results using amino acid, um, amino acids, individual amino acids for, for addressing neurotransmitter deficiencies. And people who have serotonin-related issues sometimes do really well with something called L-tryptophan. Uh, and other people have maybe issues with other neurotransmitters like norepinephrine or dopamine. And for those folks, another amino acid called L-tyrosine can be helpful there. And I, I talk about these and how to use them uh, safely uh, to support uh, your moods. In my book, Primal Body, Primal Mind, I really recommend that you, that you read up all about that uh, if you're interested in using that kind of approach. But now I kind of want to just shift gears a little bit and talk about depression and, and, and neurofeedback. And I'd mentioned earlier that I had better than 35 years' worth of, of, of depression in my life. And, in fact, I'm involved in the field of neurofeedback because it, neurofeedback basically freed me from what had been an entire lifetime of 
really intractable depression and also anxiety and panic attacks that hadn't responded to literally anything else. And doing, experiencing that has really made me very passionate about what I do with neurofeedback. It's given me a lot of empathy, too, toward other people that have uh, come in uh, to my practice with those kinds of issues. Um, but, you know, for years I had literally tried just about everything there was to try. I had uh, done many years of high-quality psychotherapy, which I think was enormously helpful to me. But it just wasn't able to really address what was the physiological underpinning of depression. Um, and I also, uh, you know, did all this deep inner spiritual work and spent time at mountaintops and, you know, I did all the self-help stuff, read all these books, studied NLP, worked with Tony Robbins. Um, I did acupuncture and meditation and hypnosis. And, um, and of course, I've got this, you know, 25-year background in nutritional science, and I, I found I was able to use nutrients and foods to manage the way I felt to a point. But it always things always seemed to kind of fall back again to if I wasn't really vigilant, it was just so easy for things to fall back into depression. And, again, I even tried the medication route, which, you know, was probably out of everything I did the least helpful, except that I was able to experience what that was like, which has helped me since in being more empathetic to clients that have come in um, on medications and understanding what that's all about. But um, years ago, I read an article in Omni Magazine about this new emerging field called neurotechnology. And... Uh, it's just this whole field with all these mind tools and things, and it was really fascinating to me. And, and the article talked about the brain is just is being, you know, more than something that is just a hodgepodge of psychological constructs, or um, or being much more than just a vessel of chemical soup, which is kind of the existing paradigm in medicine that everything's biochemical. But the brain is also bioelectric, and and. You know, everything biochemical depends upon electrical activity in the brain in order to function well. And all of that's very intimately dependent upon timing and timing mechanisms. And it just so happens that neurofeedback is something that happens to address these timing mechanisms. And when I was reading about this, it made total sense to me. And so I sought out neurofeedback. It's a much longer story than this, of course. But for me, it was literally after the second session, all those lifelong feelings of helplessness and hopelessness literally flew out the window and never came back. That was more than 12 years ago. And so I've been actively involved with doing neurofeedback ever since. And, you know, in addition to depression, I also had a lot of issues with anxiety and panic attacks, and those also went away and have no longer uh, been an issue. Um, and I just haven't had to address it that way since. So... Uh, you know, I see neurofeedback as a way for the brain to kind of help to manage its own states. It's not really a treatment for depression, but brain training is a way that, you know, any more than, say, working out at a gym is a treatment for a heart condition. Um, you're exercising the heart in the gym so that the heart can become stronger and more flexible and more resilient and able to withstand a greater variety of challenges imposed upon it when you leave the gym. And I think that's a lot of what neurofeedback does, is it exercises the brain in a way that, that helps you feel more in control of your states and more flexible with your states. 
so that you have a freedom and a flexibility to move from state to state relative to what's appropriate as opposed to just being stuck all the time in a pattern of functioning that just doesn't help you at all. So um, we have with us today a, uh, a client of mine who, uh, a wonderful, wonderful woman named Barbara who is, uh, came in here a few months ago, uh, you know, with, with depression and, and a few other things. And Barbara, you initially came in with some pretty significant uh, issues around depression. Um, I, uh, I want to welcome you to the show first. Welcome, wonderful Barbara. Thank you very much. And uh, so we just have a few minutes before break, but I just kind of want to introduce you uh, before, we, before we get into this. So you first came in here with some pretty significant issues around depression, but there was a lot more than that going on, wasn't there? Oh, yes. Oh, yes, very much more uh, uh, procrastination and negative thinking. Um, I can't remember all the things. There was probably ten items of uh, issues that I had that I just was not functioning daily at all yeah. in any way, yeah. shape, or form. You also had some issues with anxiety, as I recall, and you had some real problems with focusing and staying on task, and your yeah. short-term memory was awful. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, and you were on meds, right, uh, also? Yes, I was on, I, I'd been on antidepressants for 30-some years. Wow. 40 years, probably. So, you know, how... Uh, so, you know, what did you experience with neurofeedback? How was that for you, and how soon would you say into neurofeedback that you started to notice some changes? Well, I think um, probably within about a month or six weeks, I noticed enough change that I wanted to go off of my antidepressant medication. I felt like I was doing well enough that I could get rid of that stuff and go forward. And uh, I did that, and uh, I went forward from there. There was a little bit of a jog, but uh, nothing serious, and um, I am so thankful I'm not on that medication anymore. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like, a, sounds like you have a little bit of a new, new lease on life in some ways. I find that I'm wandering around the house humming tunes instead of graveling. <laughs> <laughs> That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Um, so we're um, we're coming up on uh, we're coming up on a on our last break here, and you know when we when we come back, I want to talk a little bit more about some of this stuff and uh, and some other things that you've noticed and. We'll be back in just a few minutes here for our last uh, segment on Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio. Okay. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. NBC science consultant Dr. Mark Steinberg says every so often you encounter a gem among the dross competing for your attention. Such is the case with Primal Body, Primal Mind, written by Nora Gitgaudis. 
Primal Body, Primal Mind is a non-fictional excursion into the realm of biology, politics, and self-care that you will never get from formal academic education. It's a nutritional treasure map leading to optimal wellness the way nature intended, a jewel. Tom Hartman, acclaimed author, scholar, and national radio host, says, If you want to really know how your body and brain work, read this book. Go beyond the low-carb and paleo diet to discover the ultimate key to health, a better brain, weight loss, better mood, and a longer life. Primal Body, Primal Mind will show you how you can save more money eating incredibly well than you ever believed possible. You can order the life-changing book, Primal Body, Primal Mind, today. And sign up for Nora Gedgaudis' weekly blog update at www.primalbody-primalmind.com. Income Property Investment Talk with Peter Mosca and Dean Issa provides homeowners and investors eager to invest well in real estate the knowledge, resources, and tools necessary to generate significant wealth. Our focus will be the paradigm. Live where you want. Invest where it makes the most sense. Listen live to the brightest minds in real estate investment every Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. That's Income Property Investment Talk with Peter Mosca and Dean Issa, where America learns to invest best. Is there truly a lesson in every situation? Can you learn from another person's experiences or are lessons learned when they only happen to you? Dave Felzer, number one national and number one international best-selling author, challenges listeners to stand tall, to be accountable no matter what the setbacks, and to recommit to enhancing their lives as well as assisting others around them. Listen to The Dave Felzer Show every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Radio Network. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You're tuned in to Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio with host Nora Gedgaudis. Got a question for Nora about today's show? The phone lines are open now at 1-866-472-5792. Toll free, 1-866-472-5792. Now back to our show. Here's Nora. Well, welcome back. We're here with Barbara, and uh, she's been relating to us some of her experiences with neurofeedback and her fairly much lifelong struggles with, with depression and anxiety and a few other things. So, Barbara, what uh, what was that uh, really like for you, and, and uh, what was some of the history that you had with all of this? Oh, my. Uh, I probably started out with depression um, a little over 40 years ago when my marriage was falling apart. Oh, boy. And I started on treatment at that point, and uh, just briefly, I was a single parent, and I remarried again. And now my husband has Alzheimer's. I have kids with stressful situations in right. cancer, and um, I, I was really at the bottom of the barrel when I went to see Nora, yeah. and uh, with, with diet change and the neurofeedback, I am a new person. <laughs> I, my, my friends are new friends because uh, I wasn't present with them before. <laughs> oh, right, yeah. So um, it's... Uh, it's a whole new world for me, and, and it's exciting. I'm, I'm doing some of the things that I've had in my mind that I've wanted to do for a long time, and um, uh, it's, it's just life is completely different with the neurofeedback and the, and the diet change 
I've, I've mostly cut out carbs and sweets. Yeah. Uh, and eaten a little more fats. And uh, the omega-3, and I use some coconut oil, and um, I use it with my cooking. It just flavors things wonderfully. Oh, yeah, it's good stuff. Yes. Um, and my mind is getting better, much better. The neurofeedback was a, a big part of changing those patterns in my brain, those paths. Um, but the, uh, the diet was just the frosting that finished the cake. Well, yeah, low-carb frosting, as it were, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah it, you know, and, and it couldn't happen to a nicer, nicer person. Uh, I'm just, uh, I'm so thrilled for you, and I'm thrilled for me having had the opportunity to work with somebody as, as wonderful as you. Um, sounds too like uh, I remember you saying that there were a lot of people in your life that, you know, in fact, people that maybe you hadn't seen in a while that were also noticing uh, some of these changes in you. Oh, yes. I, uh, I moved away from a place where I'd lived for 20 years, and uh, I went back to visit them, and everybody says, what's going on, Barbara? You look so healthy. <laughs> You look so good. Everybody was saying that. It didn't matter what kind of a relationship I had with them before. They're just sort of noticing out of the blue. They didn't even really know what you were, oh, what you were about said, doing I'm or anything, huh? Feeling wonderful, and you know, I've lost ten to twelve pounds without any effort. Wow! Changing my diet, and I'm at a weight where I uh, enjoy life. Yeah, that was sort of a side effect of all this, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> it was a side effect. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't something that you really came in for, but it just sort of uh, worked out that way. Exactly. Yeah. Um, that's just such exciting stuff. It just really is. And, you know, so many people look upon depression as being kind of a, a circumstance, you know, something that happens because of the circumstances in their life. And you certainly have in the past have had a lot of quote-unquote reason to be depressed with everything that was going on with you. Um, and there's certainly, I happen to know, things going on in your life right now that are extremely stressful and, um, and something that other people might, tempted, might be tempted to be depressed about. But it, it, it's interesting to me that at any given moment, we all have, you know, uh, really awful things going on in our life and really fabulous things we could be we could choose to be focused on and what you know causes us to focus on one or the other is so much dependent upon um, the lens that we're seeing all of this stuff through you know if, if we wake up in the morning and we happen to say be in a blood sugar funk right you know you've got hypoglycemia um, you know, you're going to feel lousy, and then the brain looks for ways of making sense of that. So it starts to reach for what are the reasons why I feel the way I do. It must be because of this crappy person I'm married to, or it must be because I have this lousy job, or I have the crappy life from an awful person. And uh, But we all know that we've had times in our lives where we had all this awful stuff going on, and all of a sudden we found ourselves laughing about something or, or focused on something entirely different. And so much of it depends on our chemistry one moment to the, not, uh, to the next and also just how our brains are managing our states, how our brains are firing. And, uh, you know, I think that 
you know, if your brain is is wired for, um, you know, for being anxious, or if your brain is sort of wired for being being depressed, then of course you're going to see the things happening in your life through a much darker lens. Isn't that you know something that you've kind of found has been well? It it is, and what what I have found now is there's times when I think of those issues that are issues in my life and I can cut them out and go on to something more pleasant. Right. Just say to myself, I can't do anything about it right now, so life goes on. Right. Rather than sort of perseverate, rather than ruminate over it or whatever, you find it a little easier to sort of tell yourself what it is you need to tell yourself and move on. Right. And, and I'm able, my, my brain will function with me and move on. Right, it's you're sort of it's sort of working with you as opposed to <laughs> against <Yes>. you. Yes, <laughs> it's nice when your brain and you can be friends. Yeah, it is very <laughs> much so. <laughs> so, um, uh, you know, it sounds like too, like you've you've taken on a whole lot of things in your life uh, that you hadn't done in a really long time. That's that's true. Yeah, I'm, you're I'm, taking up some new hobbies and. I'm learning to play my piano keyboard. I just talked to my instructor this morning about the next step. Wow. Wow. <laughs> next I've next will be taking dance classes. For, and... I've had this keyboard for 20 years. Wow. And I've just gotten started on it. It's awesome. And uh, you're doing some painting and... I'm doing some... I'm learning watercolor. Yeah. That's a wonderful medium. And I'm working in my yard more. I'm just... I'm living life as it should be lived. Yeah, that's How else to describe it? What, you know, what a wonderful, wonderful thing. I'm just I'm so thrilled for you. And I'm thrilled. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we're both thrilled. Good. Yeah. So, um, so what's next for you, Barbara? What's next for me? Um, just go on with... Uh, carry on with my diet. Um, I should be just about finished with my neurofeedback treatments and just get more involved with the things that I love, my children and their lives and my hobbies. And um, I don't know how else to describe it. It's just the whole of life, everything that, that makes life pleasant. And you're off of a medication now, right? I am off all of my medications. Wow. That, yeah. That's, I've that's been off of antidepressants since the uh, middle of March, and I've been off the other Lipitor and thyroid since that point in time, too. Wow. Yeah, that, that's, that's amazing. Yeah, that is something that, you know, I do notice is that neurofeedback does seem to be able to impact uh, um, thyroid for some people, but... At any rate, we've reached the end of our time for today. And, Barbara, I want to thank you so very much for coming on the show and talking about your personal experience with neurofeedback and with depression. It's, it's such a gift having you here. Well, thank you very much. I I'm, I'm hope that I've been really helpful to other people who have lived through some of this. Well, I, I'm sure that you have. And, um, and please uh, stay tuned. Uh, next time when we're going to be talking about issues on this show 
running anxiety and how your diet, nutrition, and neurofeedback can impact this growing epidemic. But until then, have a wonderful week, and uh, thanks to everybody listening here at Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio. This is Nora Gadgaudis, and I'll see you next week. I would like to thank my sponsors, the EEG Institute, offering the most trusted and respected source of information and training for neurofeedback, truly world leaders in the field. You can reach the EEG Institute at www.eeginfo.com or at 818-456-5965. I would also like to thank the Nutritional Therapy Association, the NTA, for their generous sponsorship. The NTA is the best, most trustworthy and reliable source of foundational nutritional education and nutritional therapist training here in the U.S. and possibly the known universe. I just can't say enough good things about this organization. You can find the Nutritional Therapy Association at www.nutritionaltherapy.com or you can call 1-800-918-9798. That's 1-800-918-9798. Tell Marcy Nora sent you. Thanks, too, to Biotics Northwest, the source for exceptional healthcare practitioner quality supplements, for every health professional, you can reach them at www.bioticsnorthwest.com or at 1-800-636-6913. Also, be sure to visit my website at www.primalbody-primalmind.com where you can also get my book, Primal Body, Primal Mind, Empower Your Health, Your Total Health, The Way Evolution Intended and Didn't. Thanks again for listening to Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio, hosted by Nora Gedgaudis. Come back for another great program next Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. And have a great week.